Lost the weight upon my shoulder. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid to fall. Welcome to the podcast today. Today we have my cousin in law, Terry Harmon, with us. We're so excited to have her. Hi, Terry. Hello. She's married to my cousin, Matt, and she has always just been a great friend. I've always just looked up to Terry. She's an amazing writer and just a really thoughtful um, person. So we're going to talk more about her writing and a little bit more about what she's been up to lately with her recent book. So Chantel is going to read her bio and we'll go from there. Terry Harmon is an author of fiction and nonfiction, an eco-feminist, and a nature photographer. She's also a yoga and meditation teacher with 20 years experience. Her work focuses on helping women reclaim their wild souls through words, movement, and connection with nature. Her latest book, Words Instead of Wings, Language to Understand and Embrace the Sacred Feminine, uses 45 words to explore the power of being a woman, which I love. Yeah. I love words too. Thank like you. I love yeah. reading I, definitions of words <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, it's awesome. So. Yeah. And her book is just so beautifully written. Like, I mean, Terry's always been a beautiful writer, all her fiction and everything. Um, but this is so cool because like, it's so relatable. And anyway, I love how it takes a word and goes into depth with it. So thank you. Um, so yeah, the transition we're going to talk about today with Terry is kind of a feminist awakening, awakening transition where she did a deep dive into the mindset of the sacred feminine and maybe know the true power of being a woman until she went looking for herself. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Awesome. Let's do it. We're excited. (laughs) Yes. Maybe we could just start out with your background story and maybe how you came to embrace this new kind of mindset Mm -hmm. and how it led you to writing this new book. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I like Lindsay mentioned, I've been a writer forever. I was writing. That was my favorite thing in school and and just always loved it. But I also gravitated towards um, exercise science. So I actually have a degree in exercise science and I've, I've worked in the fitness industry and exercise and specifically yoga for a really long time since college. So I've done a lot with women recently in yoga, like the studio I teach at. It's mostly women who come to my class. It's pretty rare, actually, to have a man attend. Um, So I've worked and talked a lot with them. And so as I was, you know, in yoga and transitioning into my 30s, my kids getting a little bit older, and I swear there's like this thing in your 30s where you start going, wait, what? (laughs) You, You start really exploring the why to things because before that we kind of accept what's given to us um, especially in religious backgrounds Um, we kind of have everything laid out for us and presented to us which can be very comforting if it it fits with who you are but if you find any dissonance there then you start to have to really ask like why what is happening and why am I doing this and why do things feel this way so yeah kind of in my 30s I started doing some reading into feminism and patriarchy and uh, patriarchy is kind of it's talked about a lot but I still think sometimes we don't know what it means Um, so it's any structure or mindsets or things that elevate men in the world and it 
it's everywhere all the time. And it doesn't just hurt women. It hurts men. It hurts kids. It hurts our political systems. It, it really affects everything because it is everywhere. And I had never even heard that word until I started researching on my own. And so I started studying history and I started studying the women through history because most of the stories we're raised with are men's stories. Like we don't hear about the women who were involved. And what's really cool is in a lot of situations, a woman did it first and a man took credit and built on her work in, in all kinds of sciences and literature. Like it's everywhere once you start really diving into it. So I just started finding those things and started that shifted into a little bit more of the sacred feminine, feminism, which is really just about, it's not religious, it's not spiritual, it's just about understanding your value as a woman and claiming that value. And we'll talk about that a lot. But so as I was reading and experiencing things, it just became a total life flip where I just changed into a true feminist, which just means, you know, claiming your power as a woman and claiming your choices as a woman in the world and seeing the things that can keep us kind of caged or trapped. It's kind of the way I talk about it in the book and really just building our own wings so that you can set yourself free um, from whatever is keeping you back in your life. And it's really individual. It's really different for everyone. Mine happened to be a faith transition that was very heavily involved, but that's not everyone's situation. And that's what's so cool about the sacred feminine feminism is you decide. It, it's all yours. And so that realization of um, deciding, hey, this is my life. This is how I want to live it, was just this massive transition. And transitions are the funniest things. I love that you guys are doing this podcast that's based on transitions because that's where the messy and the meaningful really, really happens. Like that's where you learn. That's where you get wisdom and experience. So it was a very long transition, like most meaningful transitions are. They're pretty long. They're years in the making. But um, And it's still something I'm learning and adjusting to. But I'd always written fiction. Uh, specifically kind of magic, realism, romance. And so Words Instead of Wings was my first nonfiction book. And that is a totally different experience. Like writing your own truth, it's terrifying. Like it has been really honestly a terrifying experience because fiction you can kind of hide from the reality and you create a reality so it can be whatever you want but to actually put your own experiences your own truth on the page and then present that to people to read it was it it still is scary. it's, it's scary yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's also really you know beautiful to then yeah. hear what other people feel and think and find common ground so yeah that that's yeah. why I wrote the book I love that. That's a cool yeah. story. Thank you. Yeah, that's really good. And I feel like, you know, I think about you, you've always been a thoughtful person. You've always kind of, I don't know if like beat to your own drum is the right, like I love in the, in the book, you use the example that you belly danced. Is mm-hmm. it, I remember when you married Matt and I heard that you belly danced and I thought it was so cool, but you, I'm sure, like you said in the book, you received judgment on that, oh, but man. I think yeah. it's so cool that you just did that. Like that <laughs> was pretty awesome. brave, you know, it was a yeah. young 20 something girl mm-hmm. raised in kind of a strict religion where 
you work, you know, showing your body and doing something. <laughs> anyway, so I think from that to like writing your books that, you know, a lot are centered around magic and mm-hmm. time travel even and things like that. So I think it's cool. Like you must somewhere within you have had a little bit of that spirit. I don't, I don't even know what to call it, yeah. but well, you, yeah. even you're in your book, when Adventurous, you just, yeah, like, described your heartbeat being irregular, mm-hmm. like, Oh, right. Yeah. But I love that imagery of like, it was working great and it was working fine, but it's just a little different. You maybe kind of yes. felt that way for this whole yeah. time. And there was, you know, the structure that was keeping you caged as, mm-hmm. you know, or like, or in this, or like, weren't your true self, or you couldn't, you know, spread your wings or use the words to describe what you were feeling. So I thought that was a cool, um, and then you kind of, kind of the theme throughout the book, bringing up kind of the heartbeat. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the process. Like we have these moments where we listen to ourselves, we listen to our soul, we follow something. It's amazing. But then those shoulds and the shame kind of creep back in. So we back up and then we find the strength again to push forward. And so it's this, it really is this like back and forth. I think I use the term in the book, like this boomerang effect where you're like yes there it is but then somebody says something or something happens and so you pull back and so it is that process of along the way your essential self self is always there and you can see it and you can feel it and it is the process of learning to follow that more and more often um your intuition is a skill like it's something you have to learn and so that was me learning like yes I'm going to do belly dancing and it's super sensual and there's lots of exposed skin but people didn't see that it was like this beautiful women's circle and it was like just freedom and expression that is so opposite of most you know western christian mindsets so and it was exploring another culture too yeah yeah i was gonna say it reminds me of my sister-in-law who we interviewed katya who's from columbia Mm -hmm. and dance and music is very part of their culture and also like your body's not shameful in their culture your body's something that you should be like you're proud of and you use it to move and your Mm -hmm. music and yeah you have this connection you know and then now she does zumba and she also felt that same way with like connecting with women and having this core group that yeah, the, their, your body wasn't shameful and it was something. Yes. I mean, she always would say stuff like that. She's like, why are you covering up your body? It's beautiful. Like, yeah. You know, yes. it's such a different culture than I was from. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she grew up in this other country in a different religion. Mm-hmm. And and it was very interesting, but yeah. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. Learning from other people. That's mm-hmm. a huge part of this. Like just getting different perspectives of like, oh, well, I was taught this, but that feels better. Thank you for telling me that and to go and kind of follow it and explore it. So that's a big deal. And I liked how you described kind of feminism because I think sometimes uh, it's a scary word for some people. Mm -hmm. Like it's a negative Mm -hmm. thing. And so I just always never thought of myself as not one or one or whatever. But when I went through my own faith transition, I definitely was like, oh, like I can kind of understand what this feminist thing means. And it doesn't need to be scary. And it's mm-hmm. like you said, just like reclaiming like women and our worth and not, mm-hmm. we're not trying to be better than men or above no. men yeah. or at all. That's like, yeah, come back to what it means to be a woman and be proud mm-hmm. of that and not shamed of it. Or I don't know. I just think that's. Yeah. And yeah. I think like they say, well, feminism, if you're, if you believe in equality, you would be a feminist because yeah, I love that. in the, in history, like women were oppressed. So it's kind of one of those things where, nowadays yes we have the rights we can vote we can do all these things but i think 
that the systems, you know, that were in mm-hmm. place that were scared of women getting those, those rights and those powers, then feminism became a scary word mm-hmm. and a scary concept to them. And so unfortunately, like, I think some of those things just still trickle over and people might not even know why they might not like a feminist. I mean, there's all the, the stereotypes like, oh, they hate men and this and that, but really, no, it's like, no, we're just for equality of everyone. Let everyone have yeah. the opportunity to do yeah. whatever they want, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and embracing yeah. yourself as a woman being like proud to be one and be you know, comfortable. Exactly. Like it's about stripping down the walls and the barriers for all personhood. Like just being able to be who you want to be, no matter where you're from, opening the choices, like, and the structures have really limited the choices for women uh, or anyone kind of not in the norm. And so what feminists are really trying to do is just open the world to the choices and I, I remember hearing that as when I grew up, all I ever heard about feminists is that they were bitter, angry women who couldn't find husbands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so true. I have that's this thing. Yeah. Like, I yeah. remember women close to me saying that exact thing. And I was always like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a feminist. But then the yeah. whole time I'm growing up, I'm fighting the systems, the like the little things where the boys got to do certain things that the girls didn't do and I'm like why why can't I do that I want to go hiking and not sit back and do a cross stitch like that doesn't speak to me (laughs) but it wasn't allowed you know that kind of thing so right there I wasn't allowed to make a choice I wasn't allowed the option just because I was a woman a girl and so that's really what feminism to me has become about it's it's kind of opening everything and loving everyone and allowing everyone to rise to who they want to be their choice no matter what it looks like we should all respect and allow that opportunity for everyone yeah and i love how you call it the sacred feminine because i feel Mm -hmm. like that brings on to a different level um but but also you um saying that it does sacred doesn't mean spirituality or religion because in my vocabulary or yeah. words that I grew up that sacred is religion like that's yes. yeah you know so I love like that but sacred could just be something that's very special or meaningful or I don't know just has more of a deep connection to being a woman or to other women or whatever I love that yeah idea. Perfect. yeah I love that too yeah and that's one of the things I wanted to do with words instead of wings is take these words that we think we know and give them more room to breathe and give them kind of a deeper or a more expansive view that in- includes kind of more the, the feminine nature of things. So yes, most of us, when we hear sacred, it's automatically religion, but really it's, it's everything. Like it's deep, like you said, like it's very special to us personally. That's how I think of sacred, where it's something that speaks to our own souls. So to me, it's it's soul related, and it can be spiritual, it can be religious, but it doesn't have to be. And that's again kind of opening things up, giving them way more acceptance and more cooperation. And that comes from feminine values. You know, masculine values are very competitive, very straight lined, where feminine values are very cooperative and very flowy and you know so it's just starting to see these things that we've always seen from a masculine point of view and start seeing them in a feminine point of view and that's important for everyone like no matter how you identify um 
recognizing both the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine helps us all balance things a little bit better. So, yeah. And I think I always also grew up thinking that only women were feminists. Right. No, right. You know, and then I'm like, oh, wait, women can all, or men can also understand the value of a woman and Mm -hmm. the equality of men and women. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they can say they're feminists. Like Mm -hmm. I was telling Chantel the other day, my brother, you know, Jake, he has two little girls and Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm a feminist. I have daughters. Why wouldn't I be a feminist? You know, and I think it's awesome. I'm like, yeah, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's cool. Yeah. So anyway, but I think when men, if they can realize, so I think about this all the time. I read Melinda Gates book or mm-hmm. Melinda French Gates book about mm-hmm. five years ago. And I am so dusty on it. I should probably reread it. But I always remember she talked about, it's called the moment of lift yeah. and how when women are elevated in societies, like to not be oppressed and stuff, it helps everyone. It's helping the men. Like they actually on a larger level in, in the whole society, because societies work better if there's equal leadership and equal power, mm-hmm. but also on the individual level, like marriages are happier. So right. They'll go into these third world countries where these women are so oppressed and then all of a sudden give them rights and give them a voice. And all of a sudden the men are happier too. Yeah. So I don't know. It was really interesting for me to learn that. And it was just a whole new idea for me at the time, you know, and I feel like that Mm -hmm. was kind of like a stepping stone for me to be like, oh, wow, there's a lot that I don't understand. And oh, feminism. She talks about that in that book, like. Cause she was the same. She was raised, I think, you know, yeah. Catholic and mm-hmm. it was a scary word and a scary concept, but she's like, trust me, you know, as you help these women in these societies. So anyway, it kind of ties back to this whole idea. And anyway, going Absolutely. back to the sacred feminine and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it becomes powership and, and not part powership, partnership, partnership instead of yeah. hierarchy and hierarchy. Like I said, it hurts everyone. And so that's known as the gender gap. And so when the gender gaps are more neutral and there's more partnership at all layers of society, you see that. You see happier countries as a whole, like countries who have less of that gender gap. The whole country is more successful and at every level. And that ties in a lot to ecofeminism. I don't know if we're ready to jump there yet, but it's exactly, yeah, yeah, like that's what ecofeminism is. It's tying the fate of women to the fate of the planet and the healthier women are and the more access and choices and education they have, the environment also gets better because women do amazing things when they have the opportunity and, and they kind of follow that like we were talking about that feminine value they help people they solve problems and um so yeah that gender gap and ecofeminism that's what that word means the fate of the planet and the fate of women are linked they're tied so as we raise women we will find better solutions to all our climate emergencies and all our climate and environmental issues and it's it's a really cool thing um, that I just love talking about because people hear that word and that's a word that they don't know what it means. And yeah. um, most of the climate and environmental leaders are women, like the women who are they're making the most difference um, are coming from this idea of an ecofeminist uh, mindset. So. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that is yeah. really cool. I can be honest, and I did not had not heard that word yeah. until I read your book. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I love that it's in your just like your description on your Instagram that mm-hmm. you know eco. If you say eco or eco, eco as in ecology, okay. so eco. yeah, eco feminist, yeah. okay. right? Yeah. Okay, 
Yeah, that's really cool. Um, all right. So, yeah, well, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about maybe how you became up. I loved how you described how you came up with the name of your book. Yes, and why. the words instead of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So as I was, you know, like reading about the sacred feminism and feminism and all of these things that just kind of, it feels like a natural shift to start reading about women who are involved with the planet. Like, because they talk about those things a lot in the same books. Like you're reading something about the sacred feminine, but nature is always there. And nature's always been really important to me in my life, but I started connecting it much deeper when I started realizing that, hey, as a feminist, I can't really be a good feminist if I'm not also an advocate for nature. Because nature is the creation of of the feminine values. Like it's there everywhere you look in the power of how things flow and how they cycle and how they mend and and the beauty that the earth is very feminine um, once you start connecting to it. And so I started reading more of these books about, you know, ecofeminism and nature. And one of the books, which is a huge, huge book, it's Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kemmerer. And she's a native woman, and she's also a brilliant ecologist. She's a scientist. And I love how these women always blend, like the science and the more ethereal, because that's what makes sense to me. Like, here's the concrete stuff, but then also here's the stuff you can only feel. And she talks about, at the very end of her book, this idea of reciprocity. And she says, you know, I don't have wings, I don't have leaves, but I have words. And so she sees writing as this act of reciprocity, of giving back, because that's what she can do as a human, is use her words. And so that, yeah, became the title of the book. I have it tattooed on my arm with a lunamoth. So yeah, it's just this idea and a reminder that I also have words and that's how I can give back. And, and when I started studying this stuff, it, it naturally comes that you want to share. And, and my art is words, is writing. So that's how I share things, how I reciprocate back to the world. So if you haven't read her book, it is unbelievably good. It's so amazing. And she's one of those just working for change and, and those softer feminine values that's, that tend to be very strong in Native cultures. Um which I absolutely love. So she's yeah, a, a very talented cool, yeah. writer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're, it <clears throat> reminded me of Brene Brown's book, her mm. most recent one, the Atlas of Atlas. the Heart. Cause mm-hmm. she kind of does that where she's taking words that we kind of have used wrong emo- emotion words. Yeah. Like to describe emotion and describe, you know, each word and kind of a couple of times I'm like, wow, I was using that word wrong or mm-hmm. well, that word is way more powerful than I had imagined. And so I love, I love this idea of all these words. And it, what did you say? 43? 45. Yeah, there's 45, 45, 45 yeah. different words in the book. Mm-hmm. And then you go into kind of more depth into each of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how words. they can relate to the sacred feminine and mm-hmm. kind of reclaiming your, your truth and things like that. So yeah. I'm just really seeing cool. things and, differently. Like, yeah. like in Brene's book, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just something that has evolved. Like our understanding is now better and deeper. So it used to be one way, but what if it's now this way? Like, let's mm-hmm. just shift things and let them evolve. And that's what's cool about words is they, we can, we can shift things. We can change them. 
Right. So. And I think of what you said too is something about they can mean something different to different people yeah. in a different mm-hmm. time of life or a different mm-hmm. part of life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's cool just the title itself because you are, you know, you've always been a writer and you've always been good with words. So anyway, it just feels like it feels what I love about your book is it feels really personal. Like you're mm-hmm. reading it and it's actually really beautiful. Like Thank yeah. you. the colors, everything, uh-huh. yeah, just the, font. the, the fonts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did a really, really pretty, like Thank it just, you. it's like enjoyable to read because it just, well, and it kind of <laughs> does remind me of Brene, Brene Brown's book in that yes. way, because she said, I want it to be a coffee table book. I want mm-hmm. you to pick it up and read it. Um, and it just does feel like a book you could go back to where you're like, oh, I'm feeling something about this word. Okay, mm-hmm. connection. You know, I want to read about that again because remember, you know, I don't know, like it's something yeah. you can come back to. And oh, I yeah. did that on purpose. Like that's, that it's pretty. Yeah. yeah, that's very sacred feminine. I'm like, it has to be something you can touch, you can hold, you can connect to that's beautiful, that's pleasing because that's yeah. all in those feminine values. It, like yeah. we want things that make us feel good and those things are important and that so yes the design of the book i designed it myself where everything very purposely the way it looks the way it feels is part of kind of learning the sacred feminine values so i'm glad you got that (laughs) i've been like just i've been telling people don't buy the ebook please don't buy the ebook i mean i want them to read it of course you know in any way well Lindsay said she gave me your book for christmas so, yeah, I did. Yes. That's even other, better. Other yeah, yes. we have a couple yeah. friends I gave mm-hmm. it to. So yeah, but yeah. I was I started to read it and I'm like, I really like this. I need mm-hmm. to give this to my friends. So yes, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's also it's, very it's, feminine. Spread the yeah. love. Yes. <laughs> just yeah, to give our friends the things we yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking because we're talking about Brene Brown, her word, and I love her book. They're just kind of different though because her words are kind of you're kind of talking about the definition and how you apply it to different things. But your book, it's more about yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? And like, this is you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just cool. Like there are some crossovers, but then this is so individual. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Or more and, personal or yeah, sacred. Mm-hmm. Personal. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think we learn best when we hear someone be honest about something like we can get all this advice from, you know, the internet or, or a science book and be like, yeah, I know that intellectually, but if a close friend says something that's like, oh yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Suddenly they're connected that, that logical information and the, you know, the intuitive feeling, and then it becomes more meaningful. And so the more women who share their personal stories, I think the more women feel comfortable hearing the words and then thinking and feeling through those ideas. Because some of this can be really obscure. It can be really intimidating. Like when I first even tried to read the books, I'm like, I don't even know what books to read because no one in my circle had ever gone that direction. So it felt like, you know, fumbling through the dark. (laughs) I have a friend who um, talks about it of like walking through a dark cave. Like you just don't know, but you just kind of keep going. And eventually there's a tunnel you get to and you find your way to the next dark cavern. But, you know, you just, it, it becomes a very intuitive process. But when we're connected to something personally, it just, it goes deeper into who we are. So the more women who use their voice and share their personal stories, even though it's terrifying every time we do it and it's vulnerable, like Brene talked about all the time, her vulnerability, that really mm-hmm. does make a difference in how information is received. 
Yeah, and I also feel like it gives women almost like a permission to share it. Like once yes. they've heard someone else's story, it's like, oh, I can share mine. Like I, mm-hmm. I can do that. I can be vulnerable. Yes. Can, and showing how hearing someone else's story helped you, then maybe sharing yours will also mm-hmm. help somebody else. Yeah, and that's yeah. that reciprocity cycle. That's exactly what happened to me is I read all these brilliant women's books and their personal experiences and it changed me. And I'm like, I want to keep that going. Like I want to pay that forward and and help give other is it Brene who also does permission slips on the post-its? Per, write yourself. Who oh. is that? Oh, that does permission slips. Oh, no, it's that. That's Glennon Doyle. Oh, Glennon Doyle. Yes, oh. who does the permission slips. So, and it is. Okay. When you share a story, it's it's permission for other people to think, feel, and share themselves. So it's that beautiful cycle that just keeps going. Yeah, that is beautiful. Which actually your book reminded me of Untamed a bit too. Like there's just oh, some, you. you know, yeah. I mean, similarities, but on a more, it was almost like, like but more personal examples mm-hmm. and and then the words i don't know i love untamed too but it's just yeah. different but a little bit of a similar mm-hmm. feel a little bit you know yeah. so anyway yeah, kind of coming to yourself coming yes. back to who you yeah. are you know the idea of like kind of society and people around you taming you to be someone they think you should be mm-hmm. and then becoming untamed, untamed or finding your words and, yeah. you know, to fly or your, your wings or whatever from coming back to yourself and finding mm-hmm. out who you are I, that's absolutely beautiful. yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's easy to get into, I think I am kind of a people pleaser and I wanted to make everybody happy and no, nobody feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I actually always called myself a chameleon because I'm like, I just yes. kind of change for the situation mm-hmm. yeah. so that everybody's comfortable, including myself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, but are I you still, really comfortable? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I still don't ever want to make anybody feel bad yes. or feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I also feel like I've been more comfortable in me and who I am and mm-hmm. not holding back as much. Yeah. I'm not going to hurt anybody, but I, you know, being just me and then mm-hmm. come to find out people, I mean, I think still like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, na- sure. you yeah. nailed it though. You nailed it. That chameleon effect. That's as women, that's how we're trained to be quiet and pleasing and to, you know, never shake the boat, never rock the boat so that everyone stays happy at our own expense. It's that, mm-hmm. that martyrdom. And I talk about that in the book mm-hmm. is women are trained to be martyrs, but w- what good is being a martyr? Like you die young, you die violent. That, that serves <laughs> yeah, no one. Sense. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. So it, but it is very uncomfortable to break that mold and to come out and rock the boat and make everyone around you like, what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah, what are yeah. you doing? You're upsetting everyone. But yeah, so I have really found that when we like find our wild again, when we come untamed, it is equally uncomfortable and equally um, just thrilling and exciting. And I don't mm. think you can really separate those. It's never going to just be, oh, this is awesome. It's always going to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. What am I doing? Like, I think yeah. that's that's just how being human works. It's just, it's yeah. always bittersweet at the same time. So, yeah, yeah, that's so true. But I do feel like, you know, since I've kind of been more true to my in- inside or who I really am, like my friendships are deeper. I have yes. different, mm-hmm. my relationships are deeper because yeah. you want everybody around you to be their true self and mm-hmm. not feel shamed or feel like they can be vulnerable with you so they can feel loved yeah. and accepted for who they yeah who they are exactly and I feel like for me it was kind of like giving myself permission to kind of think how do I actually feel for myself not just 
like mm-hmm. what my surroundings have been mm-hmm. or the way I grew up or whatever. Not that like my parents were awesome. They never made me, but it's more just like cultural almost. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and of course there's just like, or even like friend groups that you're in. I mean, not my friends are awesome, not to say, but I'm just thinking like different influences that you have where it's like, well, what do I really think about this or how do yeah. I feel? And, and kind of just deciding like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think people will still like me. And if they don't, then they don't like, well, then you of... probably don't want them around. Yeah. To be yeah. Honest. Then maybe yeah. Yeah, you're your true self. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's an interesting process, but yeah. well, that, that's the question that that was so well put. Like the question is, how do I feel about this? Like we're never allowed that question in a lot of our societal constructs. It's always what should I be doing? Shoulds are shame. I remind myself that all the time. Shoulds are shame. Mm-hmm. Like you just, if someone is telling you you should be doing something, be automatically suspect and start asking why and start acting how or asking how do I feel? What do I think? And it becomes that exploration of what what works for me and why do do I really have to do it that way? And if I don't want to, what does that look like? And so it's it's a really like deep thinking, feeling process to break away from those things. And and yes, you'll you'll lose relationships, relationships change, but the ones that are the most important will stay the ones that are actually nourishing that you need they will stay and it's it's okay if those other things kind of fall away it's that's a natural transition and that that change is is necessary um but yeah like i said it, it's uncomfortable but it's also thrilling and freeing to be like oh i'm finally doing what is right to me and and women aren't allowed like we, that a lot no i feel like we've grown up just as women been yeah. almost taught like you can't put yourself first because that's mm-hmm. really selfish. Right. And I feel like I think of the whole idea on the plane when they say to like put your oxygen mask mm-hmm. on first. Mm-hmm. So I, I always think of like I could be my best self and be the best helper if I have my oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so if I do like take care of myself and put my needs first in a way that I am stronger and better to help my children, my husband, my friends, right. my family, that I have the that I'm at my best self because mm-hmm. I've done the things needed to grow or to expand or even to change my mindset because I've learned new information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. But if you're not, like if you, if you neglect your own oxygen, yeah, you mentally strong, you're just going to burn out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Good. And we're communal by nature. Like humans need humans, but we also need like our solitude and our own solid earth to stand on because in a true like circle community, Everyone has strengths, everyone has weaknesses, and those are recognized so that everyone can help everyone else and everyone else's strengths can help our strengths. Like it just becomes that that really true circle where we're giving feedback all the time. But if, if someone is doing something that's not true to themselves in that circle, then a part of the circle is is broken. It's not flowing the way it should. So yeah, we have to stand on our own ground before we can stand next to other people and and really make any kind of change or contribution to ourselves and others. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, how do you, because you have three kids, Mm -hmm. like how do you teach them? I mean, this is kind of, I just came to my mind, like 
I'm sure just by example, like they're seeing you kind of live these things, but like, yeah, what, what are some, I don't know, maybe tips for moms. I'm sure there's a lot of people in our similar, you know, age group or, or kids or whatever, like, I mean, how do you talk to your kids to make sure that they're trying to connect with their true spirits and selves? And, yeah. And well, and that's tricky. And we we decided early on, Matt, my husband and I, that our family would be a talking family. Like, we will talk about anything. No subject is off limits in our house. Nothing is too risque. Nothing is too off limits. And so we talk about everything and we always have. And as Matt and I were going through a faith transition, you know, our kids were younger then, but it still was important to us to explain what was going on, to ask their opinions and to include everyone in the hard discussions. And and we do that about everything. I mean, if you ask my kids how many times they've been lectured on the environmental crisis and <laughs> feminism and patriarchy, they get it almost daily where we see something and we talk about the why, like what's happening? Why is that happening? Or why is it good? Why is it bad? What could be done to shift those things? So it's it's that time just talking. Kids are smart. And they're super curious. And the more we include them in what we think might be adult conversations, they're really just human conversations. Like learning to be a good human takes a lot of discussion. <laughs> and yeah. we say that to our kids all the time. What we're trying to help you do is be a, learn to be a good human and understand your choices. And so as we shifted out of kind of religious vernacular it really just became about how can we help you make the decisions in your life that feel right to you and that's kind of how we frame everything but yeah we talk about everything the car is the best place to talk Mm -hmm. about these things with your kids um you know bring up something that happened at school bring up something in the news um and you just talk and kids love to talk just like adults love to talk yeah you know and they'll surprise you in what they say what they understand and so I always try to never underestimate estimate my kids um they're older now you know 16 14 and 12 but still we'll we'll talk about anything and everything and I think that has made the biggest difference in how solid they are in themselves like it's really impressive to Matt and I actually that our kids are so solid in themselves how much they understand and I I just think that comes from treating them like humans just talking to them about stuff and never underestimating what they'll understand so that's really cool yeah well, yeah, it sounds like it's that. like a safe space. Like, like oh, if yeah. you talk about anything, then they could talk about anything mm-hmm. without, you know, maybe judgment or oh, yeah. <clears throat> whatever, but just a listening ear to kind of mm-hmm. guide yeah. them or whatever. But And it probably helps them feel so confident in themselves. Like, oh, mom and dad trust me enough to talk with me about mm-hmm. all these different things. And like, they think that I'm capable of, yeah. you know, discussing important issues. So I am, you know, like, yes. I think that's really cool. And well, and emotions can... too, like talking about emotions um, there was no talking about emotions when I was growing up. Like nobody talked about it's okay to be really angry at that or it's okay to be really sad about that. So we do, we talk about emotions a lot as well. And, and kind of that cue of it's okay to feel that way. You get to feel whatever you need to feel. And then, you know, how do you want to react? Like talking about reactions and, Mm. and consequences and, but yeah, uh, 
emotions are a big deal, I think, to help with our mental health because that's, that didn't used to be a thing. I don't remember anyone ever talking about mental health <laughs> when, no, when I, I was growing up, college, and, and looking back, I can see how broken my mental health was until I really started exploring it for myself and starting to understand it. Again, it's yeah. it was asking why. Why, why do I feel this way? Is that okay? Is it normal? And so explaining yeah. the why to kids becomes, even with emotions, a really big deal. Yeah, that's so true. Like health, it, I always think like mental health is health. And I think yes. that's so cool about what our kids are going to with that was different. Mm-hmm. Is it's like, if your mind is struggling, your body's not going to be okay either. Yes. Like it's just all so connected. So I love that. And yeah. anyway, I admire, I feel like you and Matt do a really good job. I mean, we don't like we're not with you and your kids all the time, but I just know from anyway, just observing and your kids are awesome and they're sweet and respectful, but they seem really like just good kids and confident in themselves. And yeah. So anyway, I love hearing that perspective. It's like, okay, that's a good reminder (laughs) how to talk to our kids. And yeah, well, and, and kids want to hear that we're human too. Like I was having a discussion with my brother the other day and he's like, when I started telling my kids why I was upset like you screaming in the store makes me really embarrassed and (laughs) self-conscious like he's like that changed everything like just being able to be honest about our human experience with our kids they just start to develop that empathy and we develop a deeper empathy as we like I'm gonna say this out loud what I'm feeling and you have to kind of find it like yeah I think that yeah that's good I love that like explain why you're frustrated don't just freak out at your kid and Mm -hmm. shame them and then kind of feel bad yourself like if you just explain it and humanize it they're going to relate on some other level too about something so yeah it's almost like it's really cool yeah a lot of communication yeah Yeah. of course yeah Yeah. (laughs) multiple children and (laughs) yeah sometimes i'm just tired i want to yeah at least for me yeah Talk and you can talk, say that, yeah. you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to go to my room. Please leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> yeah, a little break later. Yeah, but the yeah. car is great. I love that too. Yeah, because yeah, they're kind of undivided attention. Mm-hmm. They're right yeah, there. They're in they're there. Right there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it just, I don't know, there's something about driving. There's like background music. It, it's just an easy place to talk and few distractions. And mm-hmm. we go on a lot of road trips partly because of that. Like there are That's moments cool. that happen in the car that don't happen on a plane, don't happen in your living yeah, room. True. Like it's just, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like you guys are a really active family. Like you're going and doing hiking a lot and mm-hmm. I mean, enjoying the outdoors and the environment. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. that's cool. You're like instilling that in your kids. Yeah. That's big for us. Oh. Matt and I are both photographers, nature photographers. Oh, and that's, that's kind awesome. of how we pay homage and pay respect to nature is to be out in it and to capture it and document and then share so that people can be inspired and so that yeah we yeah, kind of do that, that with our kids too where we go out not all of them love it and that's okay <laughs> yeah so yeah oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. I, love, I love nature and mm-hmm. hikes and mm-hmm. i know and i feel like the kids i mean yeah they're not gonna always love it but if you're kind of giving them those experiences when they're young then hopefully it will instill oh yeah it's yeah, there yeah. it's definitely yeah, it's, there those yeah. memories are there mm-hmm. and yeah and it also i think you know has been shown to be so good for your mental health oh yeah obviously yeah. be outside and be mm-hmm. in nature and feel gratitude for you know the earth and mm-hmm. nature so yeah yeah well, there's just so much healing and mending in nature like just 
there's even, you know, science, the concrete proof, like being around trees, there are actual phytochemicals that are released from trees that we breathe in that help calm our nervous system and boost our immune system. So, you know, spending 20 minutes walking through a forest or a grove of trees isn't just like calming. It's, it's actually calming to the cellular level. And so, yeah, the more time we can spend outside, especially around trees, around flowing water, there's a lot going on there that we don't even realize that is affecting our physical and mental health. And that's what's cool about nature. Like, Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been learning a little more about that. It was actually just like a week ago, a therapist told me that too she was like there's Mm -hmm. something about like walking around on the grass barefoot yeah and she was talking about how it's literally been shown to like uh calm the nervous system and Mm -hmm. she used another word too but anyway it was really grounding grounding yeah Yeah, it's very grounding but like Mm -hmm. physically actually grounding not just the kind of the woo-woo yoga grounding (laughs) and actually like there's ions in the grass that interact with your skin and then interact with your nervous system and and do actually bring down your heart rate and your blood pressure and release healing chemicals in your brain like it it truly is amazing and that's, that's one so of cool. the big problems with our society today is that loss of connection with nature like we're so far removed from our food and from the land it's it's often stripped of its native habitat so we don't even know what plants are supposed to be growing in our neighborhood because everything's from a you know from a nursery and it's not real anymore but if we just get out and read a little bit you start understanding how it makes you feel and why it makes you feel that way and it heals a lot of things like it helps a lot of things so yeah. yeah it reminds me we were talking about how when you're in nature you have that awe which actually, is it odd that or she wonder. talks about? Oh, wonder. You talk about wonder mm-hmm. in your book. But mm-hmm. um, that's like a, a theme that's come up mm-hmm. with a few of our guests is people will bring up, you know, when we ask them about how they find meaning and stuff in their lives, they there's something about being out. Like, it gives you that sense of awe that it's really mm-hmm. hard to find really anywhere else yeah. but in nature. Yeah. I mean, there are certain man-made things that will bring it, but... Yeah, it's like sunsets or starry yeah. skies mm-hmm. or Like a beautiful mountain, or... yeah, yeah, like a hike or whatever. So yes. I also feel like just on the bigger level, like, we're like, wow, it just, it kind of brings that awe back into our life that's hard to find in the mundane of, you know, yeah. going through life and yeah. everything, so... Yeah. Well, and wonder yeah. is my favorite experience and emotion because wonder takes it a little step further than awe Mm -hmm. and wonder is this beautiful blend of curiosity and awareness and gratitude so you're looking for something you're seeing it you're recognizing it and then you're grateful for it because it's so cool and it makes you feel a certain way and I don't think you can find that as much as you can in nature I believe you art is also that way, whether that's music or books or, you know, a painting, a drawing. I think there's a lot of wonder in those things as well. But nature, it's very easy even to just squat down, look at a small section out in nature. There's so much going on there that's kind of miraculous, like those little tiny microclimates of the soil and the plants and the algaes and the moss and the insects and the trees and like how it all works together. I can't think of anything 
more wondrous than what I find in nature. And I actually have another quote on my other arm tattooed, and it's from a play um, called Silent Sky. It's about a female, um, what's the word for people who study the stars? <laughs> I just lost oh, it. like astrologist? Astrologist, yeah. Okay. Like yeah. way back in the 1800s, she actually mm. discovered how you measure the sky and Hubble built on her work and became famous for her work. So wow. there's one of those women, but she yeah. discovered it working at the Harvard Observatory. But at the very end of the play, she says, because wonder will always get us there. Those of us who insist that there is much more beyond ourselves and I do. And so wonder really does open things and that expansiveness that we've talked about a lot already. But yeah, there's a whole chapter in the book about wonder mm -hmm. because that's how important I think it is, like stepping beyond awe, stepping beyond gratitude, and finding that beautiful cocktail of all of those things together. Yeah, yeah it's funny. When I read that chapter, it did back to Brene Brown's book. She did compare those two words, and I hadn't really thought about the difference of them. But yeah, the awe is just like the, oh, wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But the wonder is that next step of mm -hmm. being more curious and being, yeah, yeah, having gratitude for this beautiful thing or experience. or what. And I just I'm like, wow. Wonder is now one of my new favorite words. Yeah, it like, is. Uh... It's the best. <laughs> yeah, there's I another word. author, uh, Sharon Blackie, in her book, The Enchanted Life. She talks about the difference uh, between awe and wonder and failing to remember the exact wording. But she says something like, awe makes us feel interested, but wonder makes us feel possible. So, yeah, mm. it just it opens so many more things to be within yeah. wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that chapter Thank in you. your book. Awesome. Yeah, I was thinking about, have you ever read John Green's book, The Anthrop Anthropocene Reviewed? He has, no, like, I just it's saw really that, good. Though. Okay. I love it. Different chapters about just different things in the mm -hmm. world, and he, like, does a random review and gives it a rating. It's yeah. Funny. But I all, there's a line in it that he says, we're never far from wonders. Mm -hmm. And I, like, highlighted it, and I literally was like, I'm, I probably won't ever get a tattoo, but that's one thing. Cause that's I, just, one. <laughs> like, I love that reminder. Like we're never yeah. far from feeling mm -hmm. that wonder if we just take the time mm -hmm. to go find it. And so anyway, yeah. just all this discussion has reminded me of that. And yeah. I'm like, it's not that's that far beautiful. away. It's hard sometimes, you know, in the mundane and stuff, but we just need to kind of step out of what we're doing and, mm -hmm. and go look for it. It's there. Yeah. So it becomes a practice. Yeah. So at first that means mm -hmm. it's, it's like hard. You have to do it consciously. You have to put it on your to-do list to like right, take a right. second. But then the more you do it, it just becomes part of who you are. Just like gratitude. The more you are grateful for the things around you, the more it happens automatically. Like mm -hmm. I've been very purposeful about saying thank you out loud and in my Instagram stories, whenever I go on one of my photography expeditions, the last slide on the story always says, thank you, wherever I've been, Utah Lake, Provo River, it always says thank you. And I've also, as I'm there, actually in the moment, I will say thank you to a bird who flies by, who sits down and lets me actually fo photograph it, you know, <laughs> to the trees around. And sometimes it's out loud, sometimes it's just in my head. But that took a long practice with gratitude to get there where now that's just how I interact with the world. And it's the mm. same with wonder. Like the more you start noticing it on purpose, the more it's there all the time where you can just be sitting on your couch 
look up at the window and see, you know, just a beautiful cloud or the sunset or a bird that flies by or the neighbor's new puppies playing. And you're like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Look at that. It's beautiful. And, and you feel that wonder. So just like anything else, when we practice it, then it becomes part of who we are. So... Yeah, I always, wherever, whenever we go on drives or whatever, I'm always like, kids, did you look outside? Did you mm-hmm. see that mountain? Did you see those, yes. that snow? Did yeah. you see, like, I just want them to make sure they're, like, paying attention to just mm-hmm. how beautiful the world is. Yes. And be, yeah, and have gratitude of for what's around us. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, they're probably going to be, oh, yeah, mom always made sure yeah. we looked out the window. <laughs> and then one day they'll be like, thank you, mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll click. Yeah. I feel like my older daughter can appreciate it now. Like, she loves sunsets, so mm-hmm. we both always send each other pictures of sunsets yes. if we're not together. Or if we're mm-hmm. together, we'll be like, come upstairs and look outside. Yeah. Come look at this because it's just so, yeah. they're just in, mm-hmm. beautiful. So, yeah. I love awesome. that how you, because gratitude and wonder does feel intertwined a lot. Mm-hmm. and. And there's so much research, you know, Brene yeah. Brown talks about that too, behind gratitude and how it can like enhance our lives and everything. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Super, super cool. Yeah. Being human is hard. So you have to like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's hard no matter what gratitude. you're doing, how you're doing it. So those little things of wonder and gratitude and curiosity and that helps us find the meaning, the meaning mm-hmm. in the heart. So, yeah. And yeah I think meaning so is, is actually more valuable than happiness. I think we've kind of lost mm. touch or shifted too far into the superficiality of happiness and forget about finding the deeper meaning in things. Um, Susan Cain talks about that a lot in her mm. book that's called Bittersweet that just came out earlier this year or late last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I, I want to read that. I've yeah. listened to her on a podcast. It's so, yeah, so good. To... Yeah, mm. because you do. You're looking for meaning in being human and everybody kind of defines what's meaningful in a different way. And again, it's allowing ourselves to find the things that make us feel like we're finding meaning in our lives instead of always chasing like happiness. Mm. And yeah, like our, our family, my brother put together a little like family discussion group on happiness a couple weeks ago. And, and we talked about a lot, a lot about that, how first you have to define happiness in your own way and also understand that happiness itself is kind of fleeting. But if we're finding meaning, even in the difficult things, then our human experience becomes much more tolerable, but also more beautiful because we're, we're finding that meaning. So meaning has become something I've thought about a lot lately and, and since the book, really, too. It's in the yeah. book a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, we brought up man's really like man's that. search for meaning that book yeah. a lot on our podcast, oh, right. and it's the whole thing. And and meaning, it really is like finding the meaning in the heart. He's in the mm-hmm. he's in like his concentration camp, and he can still yeah. somehow find meaning. So it's right. like okay, yeah. we can all find that yeah. meaning somehow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's not toxic positivity, which is yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a whole thing. <laughs> yes, but especially in the culture that we were raised in, there's a lot of toxic positivity and it comes from a good place but it becomes almost crippling when you always have to be looking on the bright side you always have to be looking towards the light like you're missing the other half all the stuff that's happening in the dark and the difficult and the sacred feminism sacred feminine talks about that a lot like what's in the dark what's back here that we're not looking at again like in the dark of the cave there's a lot going on there that is wisdom that can teach us through experience 
to enjoy things better, to find that meaning, to find the wonder and the gratitude. So yeah, shifting out of that toxic positivity, I actually love that term. Some terms are very cliche, but that term is a good term because it can become toxic where people are hurting themselves, searching for that you know, happiness and the positive all the time. Like we need it all. We need it all. And that's, that's part of our experience. Right. Right. If you're always trying to spin it positive, then you might not really be finding like the, whatever, like the meaning of what happened. Growing or. or, Yeah. Growing. Yeah. 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 You're missing or just something important. Missing, yeah. Or yeah. I feel like often like brushing things under the rug, like not actually yes. really facing the hard things Absolutely. because it's easier just to be positive and pretend <laughs> yes. like everything's okay. And- <laughs> right, yes, yeah. <sighs> Susan Cain talks about that in Bittersweet too, where mm-hmm. the research has really found like we've, we've been taught to kind of push down or push aside negative emotions mm-hmm. um, or to let them go. That's very prominent in the yoga world. Just let it go. But no, she's like, the research proves that those of us who can accept it, whether it's good, mm-hmm. bad, or however we perceive it, when we accept those difficult emotions or experiences without any judgment, without any layering, we just accept it. We thrive. We do so much better. So, yeah, we've talked about that, like the whole, the radical acceptance a couple of times where like the idea that like, it's crazy that I'm accepting this, like that's what I think is so radical. It's so Mm -hmm. out there. But then when you do, it's the time for learning and healing and growing. Yeah. When you can accept it. And it kind of reminds me of what Holly Weaver said about equanimity. Mm -hmm. Because she was saying our uh, interview we did a couple weeks ago about how there's like balance in all things. So kind of accepting the hard with the good and accepting that that's just life. Like there's always going to be both. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard thing. Like, that's what takes radical acceptance. We want to be like, no, it's going to all be good. We well, like she, yeah, she was saying, yeah, well, uh, next year will be better. This year yeah. is hard, but next year will be better. But then like, she kept finding yeah, that next maybe year. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. like, I can't do that. That's not That's yeah. not life. Like, who's to say that this year won't even be harder than last year? Right, you know? yeah. But she's like, but if I can find the equanimity in me, then mm-hmm. I can always, like, make it okay somehow because there's Bring this adjust balance. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. And she also accept. does yoga. So you guys are. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a lot of wealth in yoga, yeah. like yeah. the mindsets of yoga. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it does. Cause sometimes it gets skewed, like the whole, let it go thing. Um, you don't need to right. let it go. You need to accept it and, and be a part of it. And, and I love that equanimity where sometimes we put expectations on things and, and humans are really good. Uh, I do have done this my entire life of like, really unrealistic expectations like I've done that with my writing career almost every time that it's just hard not to because when you have an active imagination your expectations become part of that and you imagine how things will be and when they're not that way that's where that disappointment and the bitterness can creep in and so when we start you know finding the balance like that woman talked about where hey I'm going to work hard for what I want, but I can't control everything. And some things are going to go the way I want and some things aren't, but I can find that meaning and the wisdom through any experience and accept them and and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I love that meaning. I need to remember that. I just love that. Just kind of Mm -hmm. shifting from finding happiness to finding meaning. I feel like that could be really just a great mind shift. It is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's when I'm still working on, but it has made a big difference just to kind of 
yeah, I, I want to yeah. find meaning here and it, it may not be what I've been taught will make me happy, quote unquote. <laughs> and again, those are just, you know, constructs that don't necessarily belong to me that I can let go of. So. Yeah, and it's a deeper thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you can take away meaning from something and not just be chasing that happy feeling, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just on a deeper level. So totally awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, you kind of touched on the one. So we had asked Terry to share three of her words from her book, um, just to kind of share, just give us a little bit more of a summary, maybe how the listeners can apply those or just learn a little bit more about them. So. Wonder was one of them, but maybe Mm -hmm. we want to circle back to that. Do you want to tell us about a couple of the others? Yeah, yeah. So we talked about Wonder. The other Mm -hmm. two are Sovereignty and Mending. And Sovereignty was one of those words that I don't think I had heard of outside of like history class. You know, you kind of think of a king or queen and their sovereign rule. But when I started diving into the Sacred Feminine, that word was like everywhere. Everyone talks about it who's involved in sacred feminism. So I was like, okay, what does this mean? And really, we've talked about it the whole time. Sovereignty is owning your own power, which is one of those phrases that kind of has become cliche. But what it really means is what we talked about earlier, owning your choices and owning how you feel about those choices and the consequences of those choices. So in the book, the kind of subtitle to sovereignty is, I am my own supreme power. Um, Most structures have taught us to shift our power outside of ourselves. We give it to whoever's in charge, whether, you know, that's the head of the family or the head of your company or the head of your religion or the head of the country. Like we're shifting our power and what we do with our lives to someone else. So sovereignty in this instance is gathering all that power back and taking control of it, which also means taking responsibility for the consequences of your choices, whatever they may be. Because one of the things we kind of learn when someone else has the power over our choices, if something goes wrong, we also shift the consequences. Like, well, it wasn't my fault. (laughs) But so it's really becoming your own power and owning all those choices, whatever it may be. Something simple, something complex, but you decide. And that's kind of how sovereignty gets defined in the sacred feminine all the time is women actually owning their power which means owning your choices and some things we don't have control over like we don't have control over where we're born uh what family we're born into even the country we're born into and like things happening at the governmental level we don't necessarily have a lot of control over that but what we do in our own sphere or how we react to those things that's in our power So one of the big themes of the book and of sacred femininity is owning your power, your sovereign power. It's a big word. I think it's really powerful. Like it, it's one of those words that sounds like what it means, where it it has big sound, but also big feeling. So that, that's sovereign or sovereignty. So the, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's definitely not a word that you use often, but Mm -mm. the meaning of it is really cool yeah yeah it's one of those good ones to internalize yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And I like how it comes with like that personal accountability piece mm-hmm. too. You know, I like how you brought that in. Yeah. Cause it's not just all about, Oh, I'm going to take back my power and everyone else can just like, yeah. Everyone else can suck it. No, you said like, it still came with consequences. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, you still, you still yeah. have responsibility yeah. for, for your actions and your for choices, sure. but but that's cool because it's mm-hmm. yours. It's, it's not, yours. You know, you're not yeah. pushing it on anyone else. Yeah. But, or dismissing yeah. it or brushing it under the rug like we talked yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like it's it's yours. Everything that yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. And the other word I wanted to talk about is mending. And I think when in the process, and we've touched on this as well, but in the process of reclaiming who you are and relearning things and, you know, shifting from a patriarchal view of the world to a feminine view there's a lot of things that have to shift and have to heal and it it can be painful and uncomfortable like we talked about and so when i was thinking about that healing i didn't think healing was big enough or soft enough and i think mending is the better word so when i think of mending i think of an old woman you know, old elder woman sitting by the fire. She has a piece of clothing that she's giving a second life by mending it. She's using a skill that she has learned and she's fixing something slowly and carefully. She's not in a rush. She's taking your time. It's quiet. Uh, You know, the fire is, there's some bright light there, but it's nighttime. So it's also some darkness. So that's kind of the image I think of when I think of mending and I think as we relearn and shift our lives back to what we want them to be it takes a lot of patient mending and there's just a little part in the book that I'll actually read because I this is how I think of mending so mending is the opposite of doing mending is opening all the windows to let the warm breeze flow through mending is relaxing and experiencing the now Mending is listening to my own heartbeat and following its path. Mending is letting go of all the things that don't groove with my soul. Mending is watching the sunrise and feeling part of the earth. Mending is pushing the checklist aside. Mending is a lifelong meditation. So I think one of the things Sacred Feminine teaches us is to be softer, to be gentler with ourselves instead of you know, the hustle and the push and the striving. Like, this is hard work to reclaim your sovereign power. It's difficult and it's painful. So if you're not careful and soft and take your time, you're just going to cause more damage. You're going to cause more trauma than has already existed getting to the point where you are. Because there is a lot of trauma involved in being a woman and raised in these systems. So recognizing that trauma and that hurt and then very gently and carefully mending it is a huge part of this. We can't, we can't skip that part where we don't kind of take care of ourselves. And, and most of our wounds, like I talk about, one of my biggest wounds is just doing <laughs> like that hustle. I should always be doing. I'm anxiously engaged. I'm doing, I'm doing, doing. So that's one of my biggest wounds and it's created a lot of trauma in my life, but If I can recognize it, then I can pull back, stop, sit down by the fire and mend, like be softer. And that wound is never going to close all the way. So when the sutures, careful sutures, you know, break back open because something has happened, I can sit down again and mend. 
and everyone can kind of find their own mending processes whether it's you know being out in nature or going to yoga or sitting in meditation or taking a bath with a glass of wine like whatever it is for you it's very different from self-care which is another one of those phrases that has lost all meaning (laughs) but mending is is allowing things to softly slowly gently heal and being mindful and bodyful so feeling them in our bodies as we just carry that our whole lives most things we're just going to carry our whole lives so we have to take care does that make sense Mm. that difference between mending and healing i like that yeah Yeah. and i like that you brought up the difference between self-care too because sometimes self-care can feel or even like sound indulgent or something Mm -hmm. but mending sounds much more like like you're taking care of yourself Mm-hmm. It may be things that you need, but like it's purposeful. There, right. There's a point to it. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. soft. And like you said, it can, it can heal, heal you, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Even the idea of not feeling like that you, once you've healed or mended that it's, it can, it can happen again. It can reopen, Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. You can yeah. still take the time to mend mm-hmm. again and it's not. Yeah. for not or it's not lost yeah it's yeah. that you mended so. lifelong meditation lifelong process these are things we always think things end because that masculine linear thought that point a to point b that's a very masculine way of thinking about things but the feminine way of thinking about things is a spiral is a cycle so things will spiral in and out and back around so you'll fix things and think you're good and then something happens and you spiral right back out and then you got to spiral back in like that's that's the feminine way of thinking about things and it's actually very freeing it's uncomfortable at first because you're like but I want to go from point a to point b I want to arrive (laughs) I want to be done but you're not like that's just being a woman and being human is we cycle we flow and so it's okay for things to be healed for a little while and then again the wound to break open and we start our mending practices over again and we get better at it a little bit better at it as we move on so that the boomerangs like we talked about earlier aren't quite as big or as extreme they become smaller and more manageable and yeah good that's what I was going to ask you so do you feel like the more you do mending does it can you get there quicker the next time or can you just you know what I'm saying like you know what to do yeah you know what to do but like anything else I'm sure with practice Mm -hmm. and I don't know I just even love the visual of that you know like thinking about it that way I feel Mm -hmm. like just really helps yeah And I don't think it's quicker. (laughs) Sometimes we actually learn to slow down and draw it out more. That's true. So I've found that actually my mending has takes a little longer because I understand it better now. And instead of trying to rush through it, I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to allow it to exist, to be, and to find the things along the way that make me feel like I'm sitting at the fire and slowly you know, mending the stitches or finding the way back. So, hmm. yes, we maybe like that's it the key is not it. being in the rush to mend, yeah. mm-hmm. but just kind time. of yeah, taking yeah. time and and mm-hmm. like seeing the meaning in it. Really, like yeah. we talked about earlier. So, mm-hmm. another yeah, book that's perfect for this that I just read is Wintering, Wintering by Catherine May. Yeah, it's all about mending, basically. Like winter is that time for hibernation and and slowing down. And she uses wintering as 
a way to talk about mending, like being careful with ourselves when things are hard and we need to step back. So if you want to understand Mm. that idea deeper, highly recommend that book. It's Mm. brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'll have to look at that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. As I was like looking through the words um, for each kind of chapter, I was like, well, transition, which is what we talk Mm -hmm. about on our podcast. So I like that one. Um, Laughter. I think it's just so important Mm. um, for healing whatever transition you're going through Mm -hmm. or whatever life thing you're going through. Um, And then the other one that stuck out to me was contentment. Mm. And really in my mind, contentment is kind of almost the radical acceptance in a different, like being content no matter what's going on because Mm -hmm. some things you don't have control over. Some things are just hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then connection. And I love that Mm because I think that's another kind of thing with our podcast Mm -hmm. is just connecting people. Yes. So anyway, there's a lot of good words, but those were Thank my you. favorite ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all really good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, was there anything else that you had that I'm trying to think any, anything else to touch on or? I mean, I could talk to you forever. I know. We got a lot of good stuff to say. Yeah. yeah I yeah, loved it. It was brilliant. Did. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we usually, well, actually maybe before we hop to that, we should say, so you can find Terry's book online on Amazon. That's where mm-hmm. I got it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the book? Bu- yeah, that's the best it? place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it does like, I would say if you have had a faith transition or anything, it really would, you know, speak to you. Um, but it could be helpful for anyone. Um, and Terry's, I love following your Instagram account too. I Thank feel like, you. Just, yeah, you post really beautiful photos and just like thoughtful words, even like sometimes you'll have a poem that you put down mm-hmm. or things like that. So you can find Terry. Um, I put. Let's see. It's at Terry Harmon. It's just at Terry Harmon. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, and then your website is terryharmon.com. Mm-hmm. And I also thought, like, maybe you could share just a little bit about your fiction, um, in case people are interested in 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 that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So my fiction, I've always kind of framed it as like it's just a fun escape. Like sometimes you just need something that transports you. You don't have to think a lot about it. It's not this huge effort and, you know, kind of emotional roller coaster like some nonfiction can be where yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I got to change all these things. But yeah, so it's it's magic realism romance uh, where there's just a little touch of magic in the books. Like the my most... Uh, Let's see, the last one I did was A Painted Life, and that's actually under the name Bridget Gunn because it's historical fiction. But she's a painting, a girl who comes back to life as a painting. But it's also this lovely romance and kind of... And all my books are about women. I mean, that is a thread that comes through, like these wild, strong women who are finding themselves. And yes, there's a romance, but in all my books, the woman saves the man. And she saves herself. Like she doesn't need that man necessarily for everything, but it's it's seeking a partnership instead of a dependence, that kind of mm. old school, I need a man to make my life meaningful. No, I am choosing a partnership that makes my life more meaningful. So mm. yeah, that's a painted life. But they all have like a little, there's one with astral projection in it and, you know, time travel. And, and so they are that kind of just fun, sit down in the weekend and just feel good escape read. And they've been very fun to write. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah. You're a really good writer. I always yeah, love you. <laughs> it's just, it was fun to go from reading your fiction to then reading this nonfiction because I'm like, oh, it's Terry. She's just got away with the beautiful writing. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. You do. Yeah. They're so. definitely all a little bit feminist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I know. I was actually thinking, do you have the copy of your book in front of you? I do. Yeah. I was just wondering if you could read like the invocation just because I thought that was uh, really pretty. I love mm. that. Yeah. So invocation, very sacred feminine. Um, it's kind of like a prayer, but it's more like starting a journey or just focusing your mind, your body, your heart for just being open and thinking things. So this is the words instead of wings invocation. I have words instead of wings. I am my own oracle. I am my own supreme power. I have a voice and what I say matters. I use my words to fill my heart with love. May my words set me free and open the circle to others. Yeah, I love that. So, so nice. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, this is so fun. Yeah. I yeah. Love talking with you. Yeah, it was really Thank great. you so much. You I We're love what you're doing. Yeah. Continue this. Yeah. 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 I can talk about yeah. it forever. <laughs> yes, awesome. yes, yeah. <laughs> love it. Um Okay, well, we always like to kind of wrap up our interviews at the end by asking, how do you find beauty in life um, after going through this transition? Mm -hmm. Nature, and I know we've talked about that, but nature really became my source of mending and healing. So I try a couple times a week to, I live near Utah Lake, and so I go to the North Shore of Utah Lake, and there's huge willow trees there, and so many birds and so much life, and just even like a 10-minute walk by that shore like there's so much beauty and so much wonder and so much meaning to me there whether I have my camera or not sometimes I intentionally don't take my camera (laughs) so that I can just be there but there's so much beauty in our natural world and so much beauty in how the natural world functions that is reflected in us we are part of the natural world so when I see beauty in nature, I also see beauty in myself because I am nature and it is a mirror, a reflection of who I am and how I want to be. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, that's oh, really cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah you should all read her book and Thank some you. of her fiction books I've read too, or they are mm. kind of the, I love the kind where you just kind of don't want to put it down because everyone's I'm like, I have got to stop reading like books mm. that I'm trying to make myself. I don't know, better, not, do something, not like do self-help something. books, yeah. like you were saying. I don't want to yeah. call them self-help so books, but, and, yeah. Yeah. but I, those are important and I do, yeah, like I love them and they're super important yes. and inspiring, but sometimes like, I just need a book that like entertains mm-hmm. and relaxes yes. me. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. your books are like that for Thank sure. Thank you. So. Your books are, but they're not just like fluffy. No. They, they're mm-hmm. meaningful and they like, are just beautifully written. So anyway, it's kind of the perfect balance of like, yes, it's, it's light and it's fun, but it also feels like. I don't know. It's kind of like a soulful book. You know, you use the yeah, word soulful. soulful yeah. Soul books. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. So, it's kind of like yeah, dessert, but also nourishing. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Just yeah. both, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Terry. We love talking. Yeah, and like we awesome. said, maybe we'll have to do a part two sometime or continue this later. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate what you're doing so much. It's wonderful. Oh, thanks. Awesome. It's been you. a lot of fun. So yeah. Thanks so for being me. part of it. Yeah. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you. Right. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening today. 
We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribed to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I'll start again, my mind is free I can feel the truth I'll take a chance, I won't be wrong Now it's time to move along Now it's time